Appreciate you uh, coming on the show, man. We've been wanting you to come on here and just talk about your greatness. Oh, shit. You did your thing <laughs> up in this, and you're one of the guys that we need to talk about and let the basketball world know what you brought to the well, table. I appreciate bro. it. You know, the good thing about being retired is you're a better player today than you were when you're playing, right? <laughs> All <laughs> facts. Y'all aren't. That's, that's the case for me. Let well, us I'm, tell it. You know, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. When you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Q Rich. <laughs> Summer League. <laughs> you ain't bust yeah. nobody ass for their first time. Yeah. You got one of the college people. Why are you standing up? Just say, you heard me. Summer League. Summer League. Respect. You know what I'm saying? D Miles, get you some. You can't be, you can't be who you say you is. You tell he always saying Bro, ain't yeah, nobody I got up on here and said you bust their ass first, though. If you want, like, regular season game, that's summer league game. So no official record No, 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 there, no, no, you know no, what I'm saying? We can say Kobe. We can say Kobe. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, that's 60, even 60, better. He just put me yeah. with Kobe. 63 and three quarters. <laughs> I'm for the day. Go ahead, feel what you were saying. Rich unofficially, Kobe right, officially. Right, you, know, you know what you just did? What's I'm that? never going to hear the end world. of this. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this. Hey, young world, you hear me? You remember this, don't you? Oh, yeah. So the first play at Long Beach Pyramid, yeah, right? Long Beach Pyramid. So I'm, I'm like nervous, you know. This is my first summer league game, and I don't know what to expect. <laughs> Man, Q can wait till you came. First of all, let first me play, <laughs> drop Q. <laughs> first play, and I'm already easing my way in the game. Hell no, y'all put me in the mixer right away. Hey, listen, listen, listen. This is the thing, though. You got to understand. First play, welcome to the NBA moment. I will never forget that. This was the thing, though, because we didn't play summer league going into our rookie year, yeah. so we played afterwards. So they telling us, you know how you it is. They tell the you, league. they kind of you been in the league, already, so they telling you like, hey, listen, hey. Coach Gentry, like, hey, listen, guys, all right, guys, like, this, this we only put this together it's for you guys. This is go out yeah, there yeah. and play. So, like, we like, what? Like, hold up. So, we can do whatever. <laughs> D-Miles, like, boy, JoJo and Kiki Poole has entered the Bulls <laughs> building. We pulling all the shots. Like, we, man, every game oh we was God. getting them up. So, like, that's why when you said the first guy just oh. started laughing, he did the same thing to Eddie and Tyson. They first game. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We said, we knew you was oh coming. Oh my god! We was like, That's yeah, so funny. we finna get him. And you gotta think, for me, it was my chance <laughs> to get some get back from that Duke shit because that wasn't <laughs> cool. Y'all came in Chicago and thirty that was. Ass. That was so funny. Well, you know the thing, like they tried to pit me against you uh -huh. in, the, in the media. So I got another yeah. lesson, yeah, very early that they were trying to make storylines. Yeah. You know, how about all these young guys and they were drafted over you? You know, Eddie Curry and yeah. Tyson were drafted over you. How did, at the time, I'm like, it is what it is, guys. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yo, 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 we live on location. Miami, Florida, baby. We came down to South Beach. Me and the blackest one. We in South Beach, black? Yes, sir. Hey, man, we came down here to get one of the Miami Heat alumni, Duke Dookie. alumni. Yo, if being a star in your role was a person, my main man right here is the picture of perfection. We Real got champion. Shane Battier, champion, gold medalist, all that, college champion, player of the year, all type of accolades, man. Y'all get in here and check this out, man. We live. Presented by Sleeper. Birmingham, Michigan, but you went to Country Day. Yep. 
How did that happen? The funny thing, so C. Webb went to Country Day. Yep. I've lived in Birmingham, Michigan, east side of Birmingham, very right. middle class house. I had never heard of C. Webb. Mm-hmm. And I was in sixth grade, public school. And my mom, she said, look, I want you to go to, go to Country Day. And I didn't know what Country Day was in sixth yeah. grade. Right. And at the time, I had this football stadium right on 13 Mile Road, and I play football. And I'm like, oh, that's a school with football? She's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go there. So, like, I had no idea, like, about C-Web. I had no idea about Country Day and the academics or anything. All I knew was they had a a sweet football stadium. Mm. And that's why I wanted to go there. And the rest is history. (laughs) So you played football. So when did you stop playing football? Well, I was a 1990 pump, pass, and kick state champion. All right, I used to have a cannon, a leg. I could, I could do it all. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I, I love football. And yeah. in seventh grade, I was 6'4". Mm-hmm. So I was yeah, tight end. Damn. So imagine, you know, I was like Travis Kelsey. Jimmy, I was Jimmy Graham, like, before Jimmy Graham. So, yeah. you know. And so getting in the red zone, and, you know, in middle school, all the DBs are like right. five, six. Everybody's like I played so, tight end, so I know right? exactly what you're talking about. So it's right there. <laughs> and, and so I, and I loved it. And then I was a kicker one game, our fourth game. I kicked off. I ran on the field. You know, kickoff squads, kids don't play, right? Yeah. So I go down and make a tackle. This big, clumsy dude falls on my knee. And so it was the first play of the game. I'm like, damn, this, this really hurts. Yeah. So I played the whole game, caught touchdown pass. I'm like, damn, like, my Your knee really hurts. Hurt. Go to the doctor, and I had a fractured tibia. Damn. Full leg cast. I mean, they don't even do full leg cast. I'm on a full leg cast. And I said, that's it. <laughs> right. Every yeah, time man. I walked away from the game. So after that, you just that really was my focused. last football game, and I played baseball in high school, but I walked away from football. I still love football, though. Once you got to Country Day and they start telling you about the ones that came before you, you start getting familiar with the history. Yeah. What did it mean to, like, you know, play varsity and, and start yeah. on that team? And Look, so I walk in Country Day the first day in seventh grade. Everyone's like, oh, you know, you're next C-Web. Because I'm 6'4". And I, know, right. like, I knew C-Web because he was part of the Fab Five, and I love Fab Five. But, like, you know, imagine, like, walking in, and I was pretty good, but, like, that's C-Web. Yeah, right. Right? And so I was super fortunate to play for Coach Keener, who had to go through it all with C-Web the first time. So, yeah, you know, and right, so, yeah. so I'd show up first day of school. Coach Keener never heard of me. Here, here's this dude, Chris Weber leaves. I step in first day, 6'4". Yeah. And uh, his first message to me is, you're your own dude. You're your own player. Chris was, you know, once in a lifetime player. He didn't know if I was going to be good or not. He never saw me play. But right. he, he said, like, the most important thing is, like, is do you. And you never have to be Chris. You got to be the best Shane Battier. And so I was, like, super, super blessed to go to a place where I could just be me. So when you got there, did, did it take long for you to adapt? And did you hit it off right away? Yeah, man, I was pretty good. I mean, I was like, I was dunking in seventh grade. And uh, <laughs> I remember uh, Hoop Scoop Magazine. Hoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop-scoop
that I used to read the one that had Kobe and and like, yeah. like Shaheen Holloway and yeah. like all these cats like I grew up watching. Yeah. And, and so you saw these lists and you saw these guys who who didn't make it. And so like I was number four, but man, I was terrified I wasn't gonna make it. Right. I was yeah. like, I didn't think it was real, first of all. So I never believed it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't wanna fail. I don't want so I, I fear was the biggest motivator for me. Even yeah. though I had success at an early age. Yeah, cause by the time your senior came, y'all class was loaded yeah. at McDonald's. What? Like like it what? was loaded at McDonald's. The names that they what? <laughs> I was like I mean, my class, Ello, T Mac, Baron. Elton, Elton, Ron Ron, yep. yeah. you know, and the guys who didn't make it, you know, Chris Burgess was a, was a menace in high school, yeah, Luke Wrecker, yeah. you know, Kenny Gregory, oh yeah, um, Ryan Humphrey, Ryan Humphrey. So <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. so I got the McDonald's list in my in my house, and I like I walked by, I'm like, man, this this was it was, it was crazy was, class, guys with a lot of crazy careers on yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and like that was like the last time before people went to the league out of high school. Right, yep. and so obviously T Mac went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T Mac's, you know, his ascent was crazy. Like no one knew who he I was. I was at Adidas when he did right? that. You I remember was that? There. I was. That was the craziest from zero to number one ever, right? and it was warranted. He fucking right? took that thing by storm. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. You know, how was your? You won your sophomore year, and mm-hmm. you come back win your junior year. How was like them years for you leading up to like you back to back champs? Mm-hmm. Your summer times is different now. <laughs> That's when kind of AAU kind of yeah really started really moving a little bit. You kind of had something to do during the summer now. Yeah, you know, like I was never satisfied. You know, we won. I played with both C Web's little brothers, Jason and, and David. Yep. So yep. we had, I we, played against David. Yeah, uh, so AAU. We, so, so we, had, we had some squads, and like our practices were tougher than our games. And Country Day was like was super competitive. Classroom, playing field, you know, so you were always working. That shit was a college prep. It was. You know, I, I was lucky in high school, I was a ball boy for the Pistons. I love the Pistons growing up. You know, I grew up with bad boys. Okay. And Jody and Isaiah and the Worm yeah. and Sal, you know, all these cats. And so unfortunate for you in 1991 came. Well, you know, we, we feel that the Bulls had to pay their dues, like we had to pay our dues, right? Yeah, we had to pay our dues against the Celtics and Lakers. All right, yeah. we did it. And then the you know, the Bulls had to pay their dues as well, right? Yeah. So it's a circle of life. <laughs> circle of life, you know. And so I like I used to literally like, like mop floors. Wash like jock straps and like make Grand <laughs> Glorious. Like, no, for real. Yeah. Like, like Grand Hill, Lindsey Hunter, Alan Houston, yeah. Don Reed. So, like, I used Still to. Still glorious though. Like, yeah, man. But, like, so I'm in high school, I'm watching these guys, and I'm like, man, like, I was lucky those guys were pros. Like, they were yeah. pros. And so I saw those guys, and I'm like, man, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they're bigger and stronger than me, but I'm like, you know, I, I can put in this kind of work. You know, I'm talking about role models. I saw it firsthand every single day. And so when I got on mopping floors, I got to jump in, do drills and lift weights. And I think that's one of the coolest things that I've come to know about those Pistons teams in particular. They really think about the guys that we had on the show that talked about how they knew Isaiah, Joe D and Maguire and Mahorn and some of those guys like yeah. the local guys like a C. Webb. They knew these guys already. He's telling stories about Steve knowing. Steve Smith and all them guys. Yeah, these guys yeah, knowing them before they really, like, I think that's dope because we all know, like, you talking about the impact that that can have on a kid to get to see that, be around that and experience that at that age. That inspire you a different type of way. And, like, I always think, like, boy, we could have, you know, anybody could have been around some of that. That's going to be crazy. So for that to be numerous stories and then to see some of the guys that came from that that experienced that like it's the proof is in the pudding yeah 
And you, I mean, you're off from the Midwest, so you know, like, Midwest, like, you just work. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, there was no bullshit about ranking or, or what you look like. It was, it was about the work. About the work you put you in. You know, yeah. and that was, you know, growing up in Detroit and in Michigan, and my dad was in the auto industry, and you just put the work in, man, you know? Straight up. Could it have been anybody else to get you besides Duke? <laughs> that's a good it, one. That's a good one. It was Duke or Carolina. Mm. So by the time I graduated I high school, yeah, yeah. guys always it's either them yeah. two, you it's know, nobody else. It's them two. So um, that make it all the worse oh. when you choose one, and they know the the fan base know it was either or. Well, yeah. it was funny. So Iz just got to Michigan State when I was coming up, and I loved Izzo. He was great. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like he is now, you know, tough. Yeah. And Izzo messed up, and I tell him this every time I see him. I say, you know, you messed up. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you came into my living room and you said, Shane, you know, at the time I'm like six eight, like two fifteen. We got the best weight staff for the Big Ten. We're going to put 40 pounds of muscle on you, and you're going to be the baddest power forward in the you're Big like, Ten. Hell oh. no. <laughs> and then I got, I got Dean Smith and Coach K coming in my, my living room and said, oh, man, you're, you're a small forward, man. You got to shoot threes. And I'm like, I'm those dudes. Yeah, straight <laughs> so up. That's where, that's where Izzo lost me. Right. That's a true story. Wow. That's a true story. But, uh, you know, I love Coach Smith. He was unbelievable, you know, and every player I ever played for Coach Smith said he'd changed your life and so i didn't say i love carolina but i i love coach smith but it was, it was always it was always duke you duke know? um people always ask what makes coach k coach k and as a coach more than any other coach i ever played for and i played for a lot of great coaches he knew what button to push some of my teammates i'm not saying names yeah. they needed to kick in the ass every day yeah. and they got to kick in the ass every day from him because he, he knew that's what they needed yeah. some guys need to be hugged every day yeah he hugged them not a lot, but he hugged him. Yeah. And for me, it started in high school and he recruited me. He knew like my button was just being an unbelievable competitor. And so I had people promise me minutes and shots and playing time and all that stuff. And Coach K <laughs> said, yo, I'm, I'm not gonna promise you minutes. I'm not gonna promise you playing time. I'm not gonna promise you anything. I promise you one thing, the opportunity to earn playing time every day in practice. And if you're good enough, you'll play. You'll play. Hmm. I said, talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> you're, ta- you're talking to me. Well, I don't know about Trajan Lang, you know, Come. about Wojo. I don't know about Rashawn McLeod. I don't know about Elton Brand. Yeah. But when death settles, I'm going to be there. And so he had me. And so my first day, I'm like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to yeah. show you every single day that I'm the dude. Yeah. And so he, he had me in high school, hook, line, and sinker. What was it like knowing y'all recruiting class was fucking yeah, insane? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what was that feeling like when y'all coming together and when yeah. you first get to campus, whether it's, it's probably in the summer well, for bridge program, but like when y'all come together, how was y'all looking at each other yeah. as fr- Like just y'all freshmen, before you even deal with whoever else was there, that freshman class was crazy. It was. How was that it when was. y'all <laughs> like was. committing and yeah. then it's like, y'all look at number one recruiting class, then y'all get to like, what was that like when you got there with this collection of dudes? Like, what was y'all thinking and talking about? Well, people always ask me like, what makes pros different? And I think the thing we all had to different levels was irrational confidence. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. You know? That's, we, our, we super, all, that's like, our super ability, though. We can't be no, who we are if we don't. We were irrational. Yeah. We're young. We think we're it. Invincible. Right? So, like, you know, Elton Brand's coming in, Chris Burgess, you know, all Corey these guys. McGetty. And I'm like, man. I hope you play. You know, I, I, I hope you play, man. I, I, I really, I really, I'm cheering for you, everybody man. Everybody looking yeah. at everybody and like, so, yeah, like so when you go to a place like Duke, everyone thinks they're Grant Hill. Everyone thinks they're Christian Leitner. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they, they're going to have that career. Yeah. And it's that belief that makes you good, but it's also that belief that 
sometimes doesn't let you see yourself or who you are. Like I knew who I was. I was always comfortable who I was. I was mm. not super athletic. I had a little bit of bounce, you know, way back when. But I knew no one was gonna outthink me, no one was gonna outwork me. And when my time would come, my time would come. And it yeah. did. But those practices, man, I'm telling you, they were wars. Because Coach K just would unlock the gym, roll out the balls and say, All right, who wants to play? Yeah. And that's why I'd never been part of anything that had that level of competition every day. Every day. Every there was not a day off. And so you just were just you were like a soldier. You're wired to compete. What was your first experience, the Duke and North Carolina game? Yeah, I'm not just the talking about the game. Week. I want to know the leader because I didn't like, hear stories about the in between campus, oh, the parties and they, stuff like leading you know, up. You to know, that, it's on the list and what yeah, day is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird week. Um, <laughs> That's look, the best way for, to for, say. For, for as crazy as you think the rivalry is, it's, it's even crazier. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have like little kids like third, fourth grade getting fights at school that week. Mm. Duke's better. No, Carolina's better. Like fist fights, right? <laughs> you go to the store. Yeah, go to Carolina. Yeah. Like, like it's it's. Hatfield McCoys. You're on one side or the other. There, there's not, oh, I like this. <laughs> like, I, no I heard, like, no. like, people, employees of each other's schools are fans of the opposite school. Yeah. Like, lunch people yeah, or yeah, custodians yeah, yeah. or yeah, something, they yeah. might see you or yeah. say something, yeah. all of that, huh? So, like, now Duke is, like, cool. And so, like, people, like, you see people wearing Duke stuff, like, back in 1999. Like, no one's, right. you know, so Duke wasn't cool. So, like, yeah. people hated us. Yeah. Just, yeah. I was one of those people. That was part yeah. of the deal. Yes, yeah, it. That was part of the deal. We got it. Um, but, but that week, there was an extra amount of intensity. And so normally you'd be joking around, whatever. Coach K even said on more than one occasion, you don't fuck with this game. Yeah. Mm. You respect this game. You respect the, the history. I like that. And you so it was like, game. so the first time we played them, it was the only time I ever lost by double digits in college. Mm. Mm. So they had Vince, they had Antoine, Ooh, Ed Coda, right? Adam Olajja, Maktar Njai, Shaman Williams. They played six Zay. guys, but yeah. I mean, they were Jeff. You know, they were Touche was already gone. Yeah, um, we were one, they were two. Yeah. I mean, it was as hyped as it could be. I mean, ESPN and Dickie V. Dickie V. I mean, it was crazy. So it was, the first game was there. So driving over there, it's only twelve minute ride. <laughs> right, twelve minutes, literally, and we, and we know all each other. We pick up in the, in the fall and everything, so it's not like we don't know these cats. We, we know everybody. Right? We yeah. know there's no secrets. Yeah, right? it's just a matter. And you walk into this uh, the Dean Dome, and it's just like this nauseating blue, man. Like it, it makes you want to take a nap. All right, yeah. the whole thing is blue. All right, Very blue, huh? I respect Carolina. I almost went there. Would you walk in there I'm like, man, I want to take a nap? Uh, <laughs> but they they kicked our ass, and that was the game where. I never seen a, a missed dunk get on Sports Center. That was the game where they, they, they threw that, off. threw it off the backboard from half court, and Vince Two took hands. off and missed it, and it yeah, was like that was remember, insane. Oh, I remember and that. after that game, it was the only time Coach K ever yelled at me. So the next day, I mean, film sessions with Coach K. I mean, you, you caught hell. Yeah. I mean, he went after you, and he so like I was a pretty good player. I was starting at the time, and he gets to me and he goes, "And Baddie, Baddie." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. All-American. I'm Mr. Everybody Loves Me. <laughs> I'm soft. I'm weak. I get kicked by Brendan Haywood's ass. <laughs> and, like, was going at me. And, I, you know, I'm a good kid, and I never got in trouble in high school. And Coach K is just, no one ever talked to me that way. Yeah. And so I left that. I'm like, no one is ever going to talk to me that way again. Right. That was my goal. And... Uh, we got a great rematch last game of the year in Cameron. Awojo's uh, senior night, we beat him. But that rivalry, we can talk about it, but until you're in it, you don't, you don't know what it's about. How was the, your first experience 
an attorney. Y'all got high expectations. Yeah. They're expecting y'all to win. It's fun, you make man. to the final four. It's fun. I mean, that's why you go to school like that. Yeah. And you walk in, it's something you grew up watching and dreaming about. You're, you're finally in it. And I think our first game was against Radford. And uh, <laughs> the selection committee did us dirty and they put us in Lexington. So we go to uh, we go to Lexington. We all know Kentucky hates Duke. So yes, yes. we got our practice day, and everyone's there just booing us the entire time. And, <laughs> uh, and Coach Kidd is like, "We got to embrace it. We got to embrace it." You know. And, and the cool thing about Duke, look, we won a lot of games. Four years, I was 131 and 15. Yeah, dang, that's bad. It's a lot of wins. A lot of wins, most ever. Yeah, um, to that point in a four-year period. And. If you were soft, that wasn't the place for you. And Coach K would say that. He said, you gotta enjoy people giving you your best shot. Yeah. Because when the schedule comes out every August, people say, when are we playing Duke? And so whether you're playing NCA&T, whether you're playing North Carolina State, whether you're playing Carolina, that game is always circled in red. So you gotta like expect the best shot. Yeah. Everybody. Every, every, there's no off Everybody nights. There's not like, oh man, I'm playing, you know, yeah, this no, whack team. Standard, and, man. So it's a standard. And so, you're so used to just being at this level all the time, not taking any nights off. But like as a competitor, that's what you live for, mm -hmm. right? We saw it all, we heard it all, we've been in every, in, and we kept winning. Mm -hmm. So like that was like the best thing about winning all those games was we were expected to win, we got people's best shot, and we still won. Was the plan to stay four years? I mean, I wasn't good enough to leave. <laughs> y'all could go, you, no, you, you know. Was. No, um, you was. It, it was. it was some years that you... I had a good junior year. So yeah. I had a good year. I was All-American, averaged about 19, and it probably could have came up then. Honestly, like, it was more important to me to be an impact player when I got to the league. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I wasn't there yet. And I was like, I was a power forward in college, remember? Yeah. You know, I shot threes, right. but yeah. like, I was like, I was a stretch four, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, like, if I went to the league, like, okay, I'm, I'm in the league, probably cost me, like, you know... Probably 10 million bucks for that one extra year I could have squeaked out. But yeah. uh, at the time, I'm like, it matters to me that I, I want to start. I want to be a good pro for a long time. And so that last year of work was really important. I worked with uh, Chip England. Chip. That guy, Chip. You know, that's Chip. You know, Chip, Chip shoot, shoot, that's, right. that's right. Shooting that's when he the rebuilt the whole did. demo. Listen, yeah. he did. We worked with him getting in, when we came out into the draft. Every day, we would go to TG. And then go to chip, chip or vice versa. Yeah. It would be the chip of him. We would like yeah. the machine. Be a machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shout out that, Chip, man. That, yeah, man. That changed my life. He yeah. was like the most important guy for my individual game. Because my freshman year, I shot four for 28 from three. Mm -hmm. Four for 28. Right. Right. And Chip said, look, if you want to play in the league, you got to change it. Yeah. And so imagine I'm starting at Duke. All right. I was all first team defense and changing my shot in college. Yeah. And so the leap of faith of, of, of going through that process, but I knew for where I wanted to be, I had to do it. Let me and ask you this. Winning a championship your senior year, did it make them four years worth it? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it would have been worth it regardless. I mean, yeah. yeah. When you win, you say, oh, yeah, I told you so. But, like, what I learned, my readiness, yeah, it was great that we won. Absolutely. But you realize it's, it really is about the journey. Yeah. You know, and taking advantage of the opportunity. And so I was I was I was super proud of that decision. I want to go back to your sophomore year. Two things. Tell me what your if your first impression was when my bro, our bro, 
a.k.a. Ferrari, Corey Maggetti, came into the building. <laughs> Tell me, did he come in like Jimmy Superfly He's the first, one of the first one and done. Who was this dude? <laughs> you hear me? No. Corey came in Corey. like Jimmy Superfly Snooker, didn't he? <laughs> Top rope. Muscles already. Uh, this, this dude, I mean, where'd he come Flat from? walking on air. I mean, he was so strong bro. and so athletic. Everything he did was like... It was unbelievable. <laughs> I've known Corey since sixth oh grade, God. and he's been like, he was the kid that like, everything he do, sweet. Like, boy, everything like pausing in there, finger rolling. Like you say, he was in seventh, eighth grade, he was six, three, six, four. He was dunking before everybody, everything. He was, he was special. Hey, how, how was, was Coach special. K with Corey, though? With Corey. Because <laughs> I know it's some story. Because Corey going to do it. Hey, he going to say, fuck the play. I'm just going to woo <laughs> dry. I'll tell you this. So, so Coach K rolled Corey out, came off the bench, you know, six man. Yeah. If it was good Corey, he let him spin. If it was bad Corey, Corey comes in out next to me. <laughs> And you knew right away. There wasn't like a, it was either a good Corey or a bad Corey. Yeah. I mean, it was good. He was really, I mean, that game against Florida, he comes out, he dunks it, he's slapping the backboard. Hey, it was the insanity. best part, I, saw, I messed with him to this day about that. The oh best part about that play, the man, <laughs> boom, swings up. He swung up like it was a, a swing bar. The, 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 was... Man, look. Then pulled himself all the way up to the very top of the backboard. <laughs> Boom! Like he wanted to punch through the backboard. The ref called a tech. He came down talking about what? I said, bro, what are you talking about? What? Like you just, oh. you just did the absolute oh. most on national TV. Oh. <laughs> I laugh. I thought it was funny. You know, I thought Coach Gibson was going to get after him more. Even Coach K thought it was funny because it, it, it was Corey. <laughs> It was completely organic. It wasn't like he was trying, like he just was in the moment. So <laughs> he was great though. So after uh, our sophomore year, and that's the first time anyone from Duke went to the draft early. Right. Yeah. So Elton, Will, Avery. A um, slew of everybody was you know, there. Trajan, Corey. So like the coaches, <laughs> the coaches staff was so worried that like only Chris Carroll, Nate James, and me were going to come back. And so they're like, we have to have Corey back. We have to have Corey back. And so they did a manhunt trying to, to talk to Corey, to a man. They were knocking on the dorm room. Corey saw them and didn't want to talk to him. He jumped <laughs> in his closet and he's hiding from the coaches because he knew he was going to the league and he didn't want to deal with the coaches. Yes. So they got Wojo and Chris Collins they're banging on the door. Corey, you, talk to us. You're not in that closet. You better not be in that closet. Oh, talk to us. You got to get in the damn closet. In the closet. Oh, uh, it was the funniest Damn. thing. Uh, the funniest. The funniest. Oh, so like, I was happy. So like, you know, Sewell, Nate, and I were like, "Man, Corey, you're gonna be great, man. You right. go. <laughs> <laughs> man, you're gonna be so good, man. I don't care what they say. You gotta go. So it, it worked out for all of us. Your senior year, you That's played funny. with Boozer, Chris Duhon, Jason Williams, and Mike Dunley. Yeah. Jason Williams don't get talked about as much because, Bad fortunately, man. he went through what he went through. Yeah. But just tell us like how dope Jason Williams man, was. He was a bad man. <laughs> like when he got in a role, he could shoot it, he could finish, he was strong, he could defend, you know, he made plays, he got in the paint whenever he wanted. And he made the game look really easy, you mm -hmm. know. And so like I loved him as, as my running mate. And he was, man, the tournament run we had in two thousand one where he was averaging about thirty. Mm -hmm. People forget, I mean, but you know, if you're out there, young kid Watching this, go YouTube Jason Williams. All right. Yeah, was I mean, cold. He was, he yeah, was nice. You got to talk about him because he was one of the ones. I just knew he was going to be 
just it. And Coach K was on him. I mean, Coach K was really yeah. tough on because he knew like how good he was. Yeah. And so Jason needed tough love to say, all right, like, yo. And so he'd always show Jason's face. Coach K is really big on body language, all mm -hmm. right? So he'd show like Jason like missing a shot or making a turnover and Jason would be hanging his head. And he'd have a clip in practice of just Jason's body language. Mm -hmm. And he said, son, you're the best player on the, on the court. You gotta act like it. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think the opponent's thinking when you're like going like this? It's like, so like, so like more than anything from a skill standpoint, Coach K helped him just like look the part. Yeah. That was the difference for Jason. Yeah. You know, it was a small thing, but it, it made the difference for, for Jay Will. Talk about how special it was to play at Camden. Yeah. You know, I got to play, was that my sophomore year I played there? What'd you think? I mean, I play there every day. So like, well, like, well, like well, what do you think walking to that gym? I felt like it was cool. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm saying like, cause it's a small gym, but you gotta understand me coming from Chicago, yeah. we played in real little gyms yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But like to be in college and then we in the locker room, you could hit them up, they above you. You could hit them jumping and doing different stuff above you. And you know, they, they fans relentless. They didn't count out, they didn't done this. And at the time when I went there, that was when I was on ESPN Magazine yeah. with the pinheads. They yeah. had all of this shit. Yay, pinhead. <laughs> we got the hammer for you right here. I'm like, <laughs> and like, I was like, my whole thing going in was like, I'm gonna straight ignore everything. I'm not gonna respond to nothing. Like, that's what they want you to do, right? So I'm gonna just sit there like, it got to a point that one kid yelled, Richardson, I know you hear us. It's only a mouth. Like, it's only a matter of time. I was here looking. I was like, I'm looking at my man, Rashawn. I'm like, bro, you hear it? Like, but it was like, for me, it was like, it was crazy. I could see that being like, you know, I could feel the whole everything. Yeah. It was an ESPN game, Dickie V, and that was, you know, so it was everything that it was, but. For me, in college, I wasn't really thinking about that shit, to be real. I was yeah. trying to get where I was going. Yeah. So, like, every stop was like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It's but, like, I just wonder, like, for everybody that played there daily, because I know it hit different for that, because, you know what I'm saying, y'all see the fans well, and the yeah, students cool. camping out and how yeah. crazy they going all week when certain games happen. And then y'all feel that energy, because, like, I definitely saw that in the game. Yeah. Cause we only lost that second year. Fucking Nick Horvath banked the fucking three from the top of the key. Yep. A center. Yep. He banked the fucking three from the top of the key. Mm. Yep. Banked it. <laughs> For a game. I was like, man, I was sucking at them, man, bro. I'm like, yeah, about to walk up in this bitch and give me one in camera. I'm, I'm doing my stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They can't handle me, everything. And then he hit a fucking three from the top. I was like, bro, yeah. some bullshit. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they rallied the energy, all of that. So that's why I say like, just from yeah. somebody, you did the whole four year deal. So I, I know to hear from y'all, it's a different point of view. You know yep. what I'm saying? Y'all didn't been there for them North Carolina games yep. and all that different historical stuff. So our game wasn't like that. We was just yeah. DePaul. You know what I'm saying? We weren't named. Was we ranked there? I don't even know. It didn't matter. It's, it's a fun <laughs> place. So I lost five games in four years at home. And so mm, it was a tough place to win. Crazy. The crazy thing about Cameron was we won more games than layup lines. Because not every team was DePaul. Not every team had the right mentality. And so you, especially in 99 and 2001, we were rolling. Teams, you could tell, would look down at the end at our end and see how we're warming up. Like, is Duke for real? And we, we knew it. Yeah, so they already psyched out. So we knew if we hit him with 12-2, you know, 16-4, <laughs> boom, it's over. 
<laughs> it's it a crazy thing. So we, like I said, we won more games than layup lines. All we had to come out and say, boo. And yeah. people would. That, that's what happened to us. You remember that would be your sophomore year, my freshman year in, in United Center. Yeah, yeah. Playing United Center. Biggest crowd in Illinois basketball, college basketball history. Sold that bitch out. United Center, jam-packed, overflow. I got smacked. Boy, please. <laughs> like he said, it was bing, 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 bing. Bing, 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 bing. And then it was over. But you know what? The thing Coach, and this is like the mentality Coach K put into us. He's like, look, no one's losing their job if they lose to Duke. Think about that. No one's, you know, getting an article written about it. Oh, you lost to Duke. Right, yeah. It's like, it's okay. It's okay to lose to Duke. But you got to show up. You know, yeah. it's like when the Lakers were rolling. Like, yeah. you know, they had Shaq and Kobe and everyone else champ. Like, we tried hard. Who's yeah. next? Right. <laughs> and so Coach K said, look, like, you have to make it okay for people to lose to you. That's why I tell young people. Make it so like, oh, man, I, I played that cat. Yep. I was supposed to lose to him. I tried hard. It's okay. What's next? Yeah. What's next? I competed. And so, <laughs> so once you get people to rationalize that it's okay to lose to you, you've won. Mm. I never rationalized that, by the way, just, <laughs> just for the record. How many? Uh, <laughs> your senior year, bro, well, you won down there every college award there mm -hmm. was. Yeah. Every player of the year, whatever, conference, mm -hmm. national, everything. Won the national champ, like, like prior to getting into the draft, like just at the end of that year, like you just completed your scene. How did you feel after that? Like knowing, like looking over your collegiate <laughs> accomplishments, like you I went just on a did tour too. some shit. Like I, four years I won, like you talked talk about it, the most ever wins. And then like you tack on to that, like now I've arrived as as him too though. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got all of the idea that I did my time. And like you say, you were freshman, you said man, it was, was gonna be your time would come. Now it's like here and you was, got all these accolades. It was on to the next. It was on to the next. No even No, it was hey, this is great. Thank you. Appreciate it. But I wanna play ten years. I was so focused that like Obviously, I wanted to win, and so at none of the award shows, it was no like again, momentary like, celebration. I, was, I, had, I had really, I was happy, you know. I partied, you know. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed myself. Okay, <laughs> don't get it twisted. <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself, all right. But I never was satisfied. I, n I never said, okay, I, I made it. Yeah. I never, I've never said I made it. Even like today, I, you know, I'm still trying to be better. Yeah. Know? I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. So I never thought once, oh, I made it. I thought that was a culmination of hard work. And it was nice to be recognized, but I never thought like, okay, I'm that dude now. Because once I, you know, oh, man. once I won those wars, okay, man, okay, I'm, I'm fighting these these young guys for, yeah. you know, I'm, How was for the, the league. Jamir was telling us like the trips and all everywhere you yeah. had to go. It was, it was like a was little fun. mini tour you it had to fun. go on. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was Just great. Collecting. I, Just collecting. I probably didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. I've always been super, super focused, and like that, that was my goal. My goals I put on the wall. Just, you know, national player of the year, national champion, mm. national defensive player of the year. And so looked at it every single day. And so when it happened, it was just like, okay, that's what I put out in the universe and I was rewarded. Okay, yeah. what's next? Yeah. What's next? That's dope. You know? And so I, I was I was I was pretty psycho. I'm <laughs> a little more relaxed now, but I was pretty I was really focused. My mm. my wife uh twenty years, we dated in high school and uh, she dumped me in 10th grade, and uh, she's my first girlfriend, uh, my first kiss, and, oh, you was heartbroken, and, <laughs> and uh, she said, you're too serious. Mm -hmm. I, I, want, I want to have fun, I want to, I want to hang out, you know, you're too serious. So I said, all right, you'll, you'll be back. <laughs> she wants to have loose enough. We're here, yeah. 20 years. 20 years. 
Love you, honey. This one, I love you. I love you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. So you be back. <laughs> <laughs> That's that irrational confidence we all got, yes. baby. Yeah. <laughs> they all come back. <laughs> that is awesome. How many draft workouts you did? I, I did six. He was like you. I did six. Y'all was, you know. Who did you go to? Who did you think you was going? You knew you was going to Memphis? No, I was scared. I hated the draft. I wanted to go to Atlanta three. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they wanted me, but I thought that I didn't want to go number one to Washington. I didn't want to yeah. deal with that with them. I just mm-hmm. didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just, want, I just want to like ease into ease my career. Yeah. The Clip Show, Atlanta, Golden State, the Nets, and the Grizz. So I worked for top six teams, and on draft day, like all these reports came out that I'm slipping in the. Uh, and, and so I'm freaking out. And so I kid you not, I'm, I'm, calling, worst, I'm calling Jerry St. Jean. I'm calling Pete Babcock. I'm calling the GMs and saying, look, I, like, I know I'm, I'm 22 years old. But, like, I'm going to get better. Like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm going to be <laughs> yeah, a good right. pro. I'm, I'm going to play 10 years. I promise you, it's, it's a good pick. Yeah. And so I'm like selling myself on, on draft night. That's crazy. And I was scared because I, I didn't see in the teams behind me. So like, I probably would have slipped to like 13 or 14. And so I'm doing the, the math in my head being like, oh, man, like. And, and this <laughs> I, is the time I got, where I everything belt, is man. about youth and potential yeah, and not really yeah. like what you are and I, now. And I, and I got and it. I wasn't like upset. Guys you know? coming out of high school. Jumping yeah. in. <laughs> I, and I got it, yeah. you know, and I, and I got it. And so when I was finally drafted by Memphis Six, and they traded for Pau Gasol three. I felt good about that. You know, the Grizzlies were horrible, but I knew I'd get a chance to play, grow, learn, and so it, it worked out. How was it like you being a rookie and then you get a coaching change and then yeah. you get like the legendary yeah. Hubie Brown, who we all have seen, oh, you know, huge, way I had. Boss. I remember having Hubie Brown basketball card when he had the super curly hair yeah, with the Boston yeah. Celtics as a coach. Like, he was just the best. how is that? Like you, you know, what I'm saying and you, somebody who yeah. definitely is, oh. is knowledgeable of the game and know that. How is that for he you? He was the best. Well, first of all, when I got drafted by the Grizzlies, so Duke, 133 and 15. All right, record. Right, right. no one's one more. Talk I, about I get, that. I, I get to the Grizz. The Grizz had the lowest winning percentage of the four North American sports. Football, basketball, <laughs> football, baseball, hockey. Right? So, basketball. so literally the worst pro franchise in North America. Yeah. So you talk about a team that doesn't have any culture, has like no idea how to win, no resilience, no togetherness. And they had just got to Memphis too, like probably one or two years My first year was for sure in Memphis. Right, okay. Yeah. I, never, I know we, I never played, played yeah, we play in Vancouver a yeah. couple of times, so yeah. 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 I've never been to Vancouver, still to this day. And <laughs> oh, dope, Yeah, I heard it was awesome. Trust I heard it was great. Trust Every, Everyone said that. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I, like, after getting older and really understanding what was going on, because like, at first, I, we was happy when they took it and like, good, we ain't got to go to customs no more. But then it was like, damn, that was like kind of yeah. like a dope ass That's city. A, like, yeah, wait, like, why did we do, let that happen? Like, Vancouver, yeah. He shot a movie in Vancouver, you know, he's yeah. movie star D, you know, yeah. superstar yeah. D and shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. movie star man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get to Memphis and here I am, I'm, I'm Duke boy. So I'm talking like, guys, you know, we, we, come on, we gotta, we gotta connect. Let's, let's huddle after, <laughs> much money you know, <laughs> let's huddle after, you know, every foul shot. Come on, man, like, like come on, man. you know, like support each other. Come on, man, stay in. And they're like, Duke boy, go sit in the corner. <laughs> so I, I learned that lesson like quick, quickly. And um, so I said, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and so I didn't give up, right, you know, because right. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the right thing. And the funny thing about that locker room, I never really had a vet that was like my vet. So they said, you got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. So, all right, that's cool. 
And so it was Pago Sol, who just got in America, spoke very little English, mm-hmm. all right? And then we had a bunch of young guys like Stromal Swift and Jay Will mm-hmm. and Brevin Knight. Like those guys, like they wanted to win. Yeah. They don't get their ass busted. Jay Will's coming from Sacramento and, mm-hmm. and you know, and so we just started doing the right things and we started staying late. We didn't point fingers and we stopped making excuses. And so like the guys that were on the fence, they actually started like behaving like, like a good culture yeah. should. And then the malcontents kind of like self-selected themselves out. And so that's how we changed the culture. And so when Hube came in, that was a huge part of it. He came in like 10 games into the season. He's like, we're going back to two days. It would never fly today. So we went back to two days because like we had to get all the bad habits out of our organization. Mm. That's gangs. And so you guys would love this. NBA back-to-backs, usually have brunch on second day. Mm -hmm. And Hubie's like, nope, going to the gym. Going to the gym, shoot around. So we went to shoot around every day on the road, all right? Even if, if you come in one in the morning, if hey. If we, have, if we get at one it. o'clock, <laughs> bus at nine. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine all these veterans being like, but it was about like discipline and yeah. it was about like, look, we're professionals. And he always gave a Sunday off, and if not Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. stay with your family. I mean, he really changed the culture and gave us something to believe in. He's like, look guys, you know, we're gonna get our ass busted this year. I'm not gonna lie. But next year, <laughs> next, but, but but next year we're gonna win 50 games, and everyone's like, "Get out of here!" Yeah, won 50 games. Hmm. What was your first impression of Powell? Oh, on the court, like left hand, right hand, jump. Powell, <laughs> Powell killed Big Country Reeves. He killed him literally. We were playing our first pickup game. Big Country Reeves he had back problems. He mm-hmm. was he was you know a handful. Yeah. And Big Country Reeves got matched up against Powell. Powell's about this thin. Right. Yeah. Stick fix. It's just. Dunking on him, blocking a shot. And after that day, we never saw Big Country again. <laughs> Literally, never came to the end of his career. Hmm. Uh, but PG, he was he, so skilled. He was so skilled and he was super long, but he was an unbelievable teammate. And I was there in Springfield this year to support him, but he always cared about his teammates. He always wanted to do the right thing. He always wanted to win. And he was an amazing competitor. And he was the face of our team uh, when I was there in Memphis five years. And we never went, we got swept in the playoffs three straight years. And so we took a lot of heat about, is he the guy to lead us? But when he went to LA, you know, he was with Kobe and it was a different story for him. But, you know, but he was a Hall of Famer from the first day I saw him. I said, this guy is, he's different. He got it all. He got it all. What was it like to get traded, your first trade? You're going to Houston. Being traded is is something that's hard to understand. How many times you traded? Three. How many times you traded? Shit. One time he got traded like five times in one time. Yeah. Like a month. Right? So. And so, like, there's nothing that, like, prepares you for that moment, right? Yeah. Because your first emotion is, I'm, someone doesn't want me anymore. Yeah. You right? salty a little bit. Yeah. For sure. You know, like, man. Like, I, everybody could have got I, traded, you traded me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I gave you everything, right? And so, like, I was at my basketball camp, and uh, I was having a sponsor's dinner. And I came across the ticker like Shane Battier traded to Houston. Oh shit! You found out on the Where ticker. Where you was on the camp at? In, in Memphis. You was in. The- I was in Memphis Ooh. that night, throwing the camp, and I saw it across. Cold and I'm, and I, I t- said to the sponsor, "Excuse me, I think I just got traded. I need to go figure this out." Like, called, mm-hmm. you know, my people. Like, yeah, you're heading to Houston, and so damn. Um, so I was, I was crushed. Like, it got me. It yeah. got me because I thought I gave everything to Memphis, and yeah. I'm like, man, like. But you don't think about like someone is willing to give up something of value to get you, right? So the Rockets gave up the draft rights to Rudy Gay. And so like 
Houston was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, so I get there. Right. They're like, we're going to have Rudy Gay with T Mac and Yala and we get Battier. Everything's 10 yeah. points a game. Like, yeah. people are hot. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, I had a chip. Yeah. So I had a chip on my shoulder, and it was probably what I needed at the time. And so, like, first of all, whenever I played Rudy, I tried to go at him. You know, right. and so I Rudy, <laughs> he's a good dude, and like he was my, I got, you know, I got traded back to Memphis, and I like Rudy. He's, he's had a great career, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that against anyone. I was, you know, I was a defender. Right. Right? He was the one guy I was, I was trying to, I was yeah. trying to go at. Yeah. But it, it's just a, it's a really, really uh, weird uh, emotion that you're not prepared for. When did you like kind of find your niche to be like I'm gonna be a defender? You start studying yeah. offensive players the way you do. Um, I just want to be on the floor, yeah. and so I would I would do anything. That's why I took charges and dove yeah. for loose balls. Like, okay, what will I do that no one else would do? Yeah, on the basketball court. And because remember, when I came in the league, I was a four, mm-hmm. right? And my third game in, I played with Michael Dickerson, who was our two guard. So I was a three. Mike D was the two guard. He, he has a sports hernia, fifth game in in Phoenix, yep. and never played again. Mm-hmm. And we were a bad team. We had no backup two. Mike Dick, so God, so they said, you're two guard. So here I am, rookie, playing 40 minutes a night, guarding every two in the league. Mm-hmm. Guarding Cope, guarding AI. Mm-hmm. Garden Paul Pierce, Garden Manu, you name whoever it. They, like whoever was the top. Def- so, right away. so like I learned, like I got my ass beat, yeah. but I learned. And yeah. so like Kobe, my favorite Kobe story is, uh, and Kobe, you know, may he rest in peace, is only probably like two weeks older than me. Yeah. But like, cause he went out of school, you know, I went to school for four years. It seemed like we were different ages, but he's only two weeks older than me. And my rookie yeah. year, young boy, no? my rookie year, here I am again, Duke boy. You know, I got him. I, I got Kobe. I got him. I got yeah. him. I got him. And so I learned what Kobe Island is. Kobe Island is when you're guarding Kobe Bryant, you turn around and you got no help side defense. You're on yeah. an island. Yeah. <laughs> it's an only place to be. Trust me. This cat, and I didn't know how to guard like I would later on. He scored 63 points on me in three quarters. Mm. I mean, those Lakers are good. They're beating us so bad that he didn't even play the fourth quarter. He for sure would have had 80. For sure. Mm. Without a doubt. It was in Staples Center, and I'm embarrassed because he he just crushed through me. One. And so I'm like, man, I gotta figure this guy out. I'm gonna see him in the next ten years, hopefully. Yeah, right. And I gotta figure this cat out. Let me ask you this: What out of everything you studied on him and everything, what made you decide that like I'm just gonna take away his vision? <laughs> like, you know, why I did that. Yeah. It's not for reasons people thought. So I knew statistically what Kobe's worst shot was, and it was a shot off the bounce. He took a lot of long twos off, yeah. off the dribble. He was like a 42% shooter, which is below league average, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes him legendary is finishing, follow, build, you know, follow drawings, three throws, actually decent three-point shooter. But off the bounce was his worst shot. And so I said to myself, the only chance I have against this guy is to, is to try to make him take as many dribble jump shots as I can, mm-hmm. okay? So when I started sticking my hand in the face, I also knew Kobe had a bigger ego than anybody. Mm-hmm. And he would go out of his way to show that the hand in the face- it Don't matter. It, it don't matter, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't affect me. What's the only way that he can prove to me that this doesn't work? Let you do it and just keep on <laughs> Yeah. The shot off the bounce. Yeah. So he was doing me a favor by trying to prove me wrong that my theory didn't work, which I was more than happy to let him try to do. Because yeah. he wasn't trying to go to the rack, he wasn't trying to get fouled. So I was just trying to play money ball with him yeah. and just try to keep him literally to his weakness. 
And whether he made or missed a shot, I didn't care. I literally didn't care if anyone made or missed a shot. What I cared about was where they took that shot, how they took that shot. Mm. I never I never tripped about anybody shooting off the bounce. It's a hard shot. It's a really hard shot over time. And I've had games where like Carmelo scored 50 on on me and he had zero paint points. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. All off the bounce. And after the game, you're like, all right, I tip my cap. Like, yeah, that's what I used to live with with Melo. Just, like, I got to live, live with that. You just live with it. <laughs> like, if he's in the pain, it's over. Late contest. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I got to live with with because I can't give you the rest of the yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you learn as a defender, like, what to worry about, what not to worry about. And so, like, I did not care about the results at all, which is hard. It's hard. You're getting toasted on Twitter. They're, they're roasting you. Oh, you can't guard this guy. Yeah. And it's like, mind about that. It's just about, like, where did you make the guy take the shot? And over the long run, you just got to trust that the math's going to work out. Here's where I give you my respect because you stay disciplined. At some point, like you say, whoever, I don't give a damn, Kobe, Melo, if they starting to get busy yeah. and it's starting to get out of here, I'm about to fuck you up. Yeah. I'm going to take one and let you know that you ain't tricked me, you didn't get me, it, it wasn't on your turn, this was on my turn. It's going to be a good fucking foul. <laughs> It's going to be one to let you know to chill the fuck out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do it. I'm telling you, I'm just, it ain't going to be no, it's going to be a fucking hard foul. Just like everything else ain't working. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes dudes are just too good. Yeah. I don't care if it was Paul, if it was T-Mac, or Vince. You start getting too crazy. And yeah, then, you know, you playing the crowd and all this. I'm starting to feel embarrassed and offended. Yeah. So yeah. now I got to fuck you up one good time yeah. just to like, all right. Settle the fuck down, or so I'm gonna do it again, yeah. and we gonna see what's up after that. Like, cause like you going, cause I can't. Clearly, I can't do shit else about it right now. Yeah. I was. That's the why I respect you by I, saying well, you just gonna. I, I, nah, I can't just deal with. I never tried to. I never. You know, you guys. I didn't talk during games. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't talk. All yeah. right. I never wanted to to, to piss off Kobe. Yeah. Give him something. Give these guys yeah, an edge. Know. Oh, yeah. I'm yapping. So like I did the opposite. I always downplay. Like oh man, I can't guard this guy. Yeah. I, oh uh, man, he's so good. Oh man, he, I'm lucky to be on the same court as him. Yeah. And and so like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't need the, the public praise. But Kobe and, and Mama Mentality actually wrote a page about me. And I didn't read this until after he passed. And so mm -hmm. like when I read it, it really, it, his passing really affected me. Cause I never talked to Kobe outside the arena ever, mm -hmm. not once. Exactly. And so I'm getting you know chills right now talking about him. Um, and I always thought I'd have the conversation of like our battles. And, and it wasn't until after he passed, that I read his page in Mama Mentality. They're talking about Kobe stoppers, mm -hmm. right? And I, I never said I was a Kobe stopper, right? You know, I was trying to be the human yellow light for Kobe. All right, right. I was just trying to just, Pause a little bit. All of us had our shot. We just uh, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he said in his book, look, no one can stop me, essentially. And I had great muscle memory that the hand in the face trick that Shane used to do, it just didn't work. All right. It, it worked a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he said something really funny. He said, Shane always downplayed his ability to play against me. And I saw that as false humility and I attacked him because of it. Hmm. And I'm like, He's right. <laughs> right, 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 right. So that, like for Kobe, that was the game within the game, within the game that we played with each other. Like, it was exactly. like a meta game. That, like exactly. no one else knew we were playing this mind game that yeah. he knew I was downplaying everything. And I knew that he thought he was, he had no weakness. Yeah. And it like, so like, I never had that with anybody in basketball. Yeah. And so that was super sad. Obviously when he, when he passed, we could never have that discussion that we had this, yeah. this game that no one else played within the game, which is yeah, pretty, pretty that's special. That's wild, Andy. Tell us about like being a defender, how you just got 
extra technical with it. Yeah. All the way yeah, down yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. The, well, the percentages, the areas where I shouldn't have them had the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. With all the scores yeah, in the yeah, NBA, yeah, what yeah. they finna bring to the table. I yeah. know Paul Pierce, he, when he go left, he step back yeah, every yeah. time. Yeah. So send him right well, most of look, the time. Everybody's got a strength, everyone's got a weakness. Yeah. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Even the great ones, mm-hmm. they do something at legal, average level or lower. Yeah. You just gotta find out what that is. Yeah. Like, I never watched film. I didn't feel I knew a guy to the percentile by watching film. So I never watched film. But I got every percentage of every shot he took for his entire career. Going left, going right, off the bounce, off the catch, right? How many times did he get fouled going right versus going left? Mm -hmm. In the post, does he go over left shoulder? Does he go over right shoulder, Mm -hmm. right? How often does he get fouled there? And so I can look at this huge stack of data that I got and I could isolate in you know a couple minutes, okay, I, gotta, I just gotta keep Melo out of the paint, hopefully going right, mm-hmm. okay? And that's the game plan, right? Yeah. And so you learn what's important, what's not. Like, look, as a defender, when you follow someone, put them at the line, it's always a bad answer. So even the worst free throw shooter, 60%, that's worth 1.2 points every time they go to the free throw line. Every time. All right, they're not doing that anywhere else, but maybe you know at the rim. Yeah. Right. So it's just like finding all these small edges all over the court and just exploiting them again and again and again. And it might not show up in a quarter. It might not show up in a game. But over the course of a, of a season, you play the same guy, they'll always go towards their average. Always. Yeah. Over the course of a lifetime, they'll always go towards that average. Yeah. And so I'm trying to push them towards their, their Low weakness. Average. Yeah. And so, like, again, I was playing the long game. I wasn't playing for a quarter. Yeah. Again, I was playing for a career. Yeah. That's different when you get that. They don't know too many guys that get that deep and technical. There's yeah. a lot of guys that's really that deep and technical all the way down to the percentage. There's yeah. a lot of guys that just watch a lot of game tape or watch league pass all the time, and they just know what yeah. everything is going on. Yeah. But when you really dig yeah. and dive into it, yeah. that's a whole nother realm yeah. <laughs> right well, there. A lot, a lot of guys, don't want, they don't want to deal with the numbers. They think it's, it's like math. It's like school again, right? Yeah. But I, I just saw it like, wouldn't you want the answers to the test before you took it? Straight up. Right, and that's what it was. Yeah, I had the answers to the test before I take it. Well, why, why wouldn't I use it? Straight up. So that's, that's what. That's definitely one way. <laughs> did you feel that? It. Did you feel that your Houston teams, y'all should have went further than what y'all went? Like you know, yeah. kind of injuries kind of came yeah. about, like different situations. Yeah. So my first year in Houston, T Mac, Yao, Rafer. Luther Head, Chuck Hayes, and we had it. Shout out Lou Hayes. Shout out my young fella. He was great. I love, I love, I love Lou. Super good. Um, you know, we lost in a around one matchup against Utah, Game Seven at home, which rarely ever happens. All right, and that's when they had you know booze and Memo Kerr and and D Will and Karolinko. I mean, they were they were good, man. Like really, really, really good team. Memo killed two for them. So like you just. You know, and I had never been out in the playoffs. I never, I never won a game till that year yeah. in the playoffs. And so you always think like, oh, we'll be back. We'll be back. You know, we, we got next year. And next year really never came because we were always hurt. Yeah. Obviously with, with Yao and, and his foot problems and, mm-hmm. and, and T-Mac. And, and T-Mac. so they were never healthy at the same time. And so we had so much talent in Houston, man. We had, so, we, we had some really good teams. We got Ron Ron and, and we got, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Bonzi, Bonbon, you know, he, he was <laughs> doing it, you know. So we had so much talent in Houston, but we just never put it together. And um, except the one year we beat Portland in the first round, the first time I ever got to the second round. But that's like the one thing in my, in my career I wish we could have done. 
Tell me about like coming back to Memphis for the yeah. second time, and you know you had been there, and you were an integral part of like you know changing that culture and getting them any type of culture in the beginning. But like you come back now, and they got this grit and grind culture, yeah. whereas you know it's really blue collar, fitting the city, and this whole city is behind you. You got Zebo, you got Ta, Tony New Allen, Arena. you got Yep, oh, yeah, then Mark, Mark Gasol, Mark yeah. Gasol. You know, you got the whole cast, the guys that was there. Like, how was that coming back yeah. to that team after being there for so for so many years before? Well, we talked about getting traded, and I was I was pissed. Okay, my wife was actually in bed rest at the time oh. with our second child, and so I get traded back to Memphis where it all started. So I go there alone because it's trade deadline at the end of the year. So I'm sitting there by myself in a one one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Um, I'm about to be a free agent the next summer. So yeah. uh, you know I'm like I want to play well to be a free agent. But it was great to go back to the place where I started and like look we never won one playoff game when I was there over twelve. And so that team was like really good. I mean you talk about bully ball with with yeah. Marcus Ole and and Zebo doing it I and mean, he was doing it you know TA was locking up everything and yeah. Mike Conley was run, you know just running around and so Rudy Gay got hurt that year so they didn't have a small forward so I came in to to plug guess, in. you know plug in and we got in as the 8th seed mm-hmm. and we were feisty 8th seed and the Spurs were not happy that yeah. that they saw us in the <laughs> that first was round crazy. so the the day we had game one. It was a 12 o'clock tip in San Antonio, early game, first playoff game of the, of the weekend. And um, I ended up hitting the shot that won the game. Mm-hmm. And so my three-pointer, like a minute left, was the difference. And so to go back to Memphis and to hit the winning shot and a franchise where I grew up, it was like an unbelievable day. It got yeah. better. I was in the locker room afterwards, and I thought that the trainer was trying to get me come back, have a few beers in the locker room, and playoff win. And so, this, so some, someone said, hey, so Shane, you're having a kid. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell Troy I'll be back there in a second. And all of a sudden, one of my Steve Novak from the Spurs comes in and said, Christina just called me. Heidi's in labor. And I'm like, let's go. And so my brother-in-law drove me to Houston and, and my beautiful daughter, Eloise, was born that day. Wow. So talk, you talk about like the best That's day of my it. life. I'm sorry, sorry to my son, Zeke, but the best day of my life was hitting the winning shot for the Damn, Grizz Zeke. And, and welcoming Eloise. Sorry. But it was, uh, it, I had a great time going back playing for Lionel and we beat the Spurs lose a triple overtime game to the Thunder the next round. Should have beat them, lost to them in game seven. And uh, we could have made a finals run as an eight seed. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. How was it when you got the opportunity to go come to Miami with the Heat? And you already, you know what I'm saying, they had already been assembled and you knowing the possibilities that lie ahead and just the guys that you're going to team up with. What was your mindset going and coming to this team? (laughs) When they first got together, I, I rolled my eyes like I'm sure everyone else did. Like everybody. <laughs> I'm, everybody not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie. Like I had a chance to be on the team, and I still oh, was like, shit. I was like, I, this I rolled is- my eyes. Hey, this, full disclosure. And if they would have beaten Dallas, there's no way I would have gone there. No way. I wasn't ring chasing for the team. Mm. But I was a free agent for the first time in my career in 2011. I never picked my team. I signed a you know six-year extension with the Grizz, and and so I'd never been a free agent. They lose to Dallas, and then so I knew I was either going to go to San Antonio or Miami. And I said, hmm, Miami sounds kind of nice. Yeah, definitely do. <laughs> and so I hadn't won, all right, for what I wanted to do in life. I, I thought I had to win a championship, yeah. and just because I've won in every level. And so 
It was, uh, I never thought I'd live in Miami. Yeah, I mean, here he is living in beautiful yeah, Miami I, so look, many years you, later. You, you laugh. I mean, the gorilla in Coral Gables, everybody, on Halloween. You, you think, like, the reputation of the heat is I'm going to do nothing but ride a stationary bike. I'm going to be Lance Armstrong. You, know, you come <laughs> in the practice and you always see these, all these bikes, right? And with so you're just like, up to the scoreboard. all you hear is like the heat culture, heat culture, heat. And you, so you think it's like, I'm just going to ride a bike for, you know, 30 miles a day. And it's like, no, man, I want, I want a hoop. And it's very, very different than what the perception is on the outside. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, no, I would agree. But I would agree also that some of the stories are warranted. <laughs> Goddamn right. Like, it's, tell yeah. me your, your life and your lifestyle didn't change when you came here. Yeah, I mean, I was, I've always been pretty clean. But, you know, you stand up a little straighter when you walk in that, in that, in that building. <laughs> you feel me? You that, feel it. It's that's not for all, everybody. It's not a place for everybody. That's what it they not. say when they say this ain't for everybody. That is a fact. But if you buy in, you do go here. No, I, I agree. You know, but it's like, not for everyone. What was the temperature? Because they just came off a loss yeah, yeah. in the finals. Yeah, yeah. And that finals, it seemed like D-Wade and LeBron didn't figure it out. Yeah. Where both of their games got watered yeah. down. We saw it. My turn, your turn. My turn, your turn. Yeah. Whose turn? I don't know. Right. You know, we, we all saw it. Well, the climate was, and I had never been a part of this. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm from Detroit, so yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty staid. The first thing we do is the preseason video shoot, which is in Miami is always oh, like, it's listen, like, a, it's, it's, it's a, like a, it is a real video shoot. I was video not, shoot. I was not used to that either. It's like a music video. Yes. What, bro? The preseason joint is literally a video. It's like no other way to put it. Like a music video with the team. Like you gotta wear a certain type of theme. And it's a whole situation it's, to it, and it's lights, camera, it, action, and it's, it's it's everything. I'm like, what am I doing? And they put like they put, <laughs> they, they put two they put two polo shirts in my my locker, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I'll wear this one. Like, no, wear wear them both. I'm like, what what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not a two polo kind of guy. Like, you know, I'm from from Birmingham, Michigan, for goodness sakes. And I'm out here, and I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? No. Who am I? But. So I wasn't feeling it at first. Like, I did not feel like I belonged here. I don't speak Spanish. So I felt like, you know, everyone spoke Spanish. I felt like an idiot. And I'm like, I made a mistake. I should have gone to San Antonio. I should have gone to San Antonio. And just, I, I know what that, that is. And, yeah. um, but the guys were always great. The guys in the locker room, they really, really, for as much as it was about all this crazy stuff, and they were really good dudes and great teammates. The climate, I'll never forget this. So it was the lockout year. Mm-hmm. And so quick training camp, we opened the season Christmas night in Dallas, ring night. Okay, that's the game everyone wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And obviously Mavs played great and they earned that championship. But I'll never forget, i never forget being in the tunnel because we don't want to see them get their rings. And just like I could feel the heavy breathing mm -hmm. and I could feel just the edge. You could, you could feel the edge of everyone on that team from the coaching staff Right, the Pat Riley. I mean, and, and I'm like, oh, oh we win in this, <laughs> and that's when I knew. I'm like, I made the right choice. We win because I'd never been a part of that team that was that hungry. We came out that night. I think we won by 40 yeah. opening night, and it was like, okay, it's on, it's yeah, on. So it was. was on, I'll man. never forget that moment looking around. Tell me, like, that was the same season that y'all did. Is this when y'all went on the crazy wins? That was next year. So we won, won the chip, beat Oklahoma okay. City, and we right. came back. It was dynamic, you know? Everywhere we went, people were in the, you the, know. The, the Heatles. The Heatles. It was the Heatles. I mean, we'd show up at a hotel in L.A. and 2 o'clock in the morning, and there'd just be, you know, 50, 60 people. Mm. Just want to see Bron and D and, and CB. Just want to see them. Going to shoot around. 60 people outside. 
Yeah. It was nuts. And so we had fun with it. We knew that, like we said, like, ignore the noise. What people were saying on the outside, it don't matter. Well, how many games did y'all win in the win streak? 27. And tell me how did the now legendary, was it was it a one Bud Light before before the game, ladies no, and well, gentlemen? No, the story of that winning streak that I, I get credit for. Because you got a bunch of free beers, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I did. Tell um, me that story. <laughs> so the winning streak, we had a noon tip-off in Toronto. You know those games. It's a tough right. game. It's a tough game to win, right? And it was the day before Super Bowl. Or it was the day of Super Bowl, I'm sorry. And we all love football, and, and so Brown was going to get a plane and because they didn't have a, a TV on the plane. He wanted to get a plane with a TV so we could watch the game. So the Heat are like, no, 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 we'll just have a party. We'll stay because we had a back-to-back playing Charlotte the next day back in Miami. So they do this awesome party um, at the Real Sports Bar in Toronto, great place, and go all out. Well, that was the year. It was the uh, Niners and the, the Ravens, and they had that big power outage. Mm-hmm. The problem was I started drinking the, the Canadian beer. And after a while, I'm like, feeling it and I, I take off like Colin Kaepernick's jersey off the mannequin I'm running around and people are just like people thought I was crazy they they, <laughs> they, they thought I was a square but they're like you know Shane actually is pretty wild <laughs> and and so on the bus I'm, I'm feeling it I'm feeling the group and I get up and I start talking giving a speech like I like to do sometimes and all of a sudden I see the entire bus just turn and look at me and I'm, I'm telling them we gotta like reach out and touch the world we gotta touch the people you know not not in a weird way but like through basketball we have a chance to change the world, touch the people. And so that became known as the touch the people speech. And after that, <laughs> we won the next 26 games in a row. Mm. And we were rolling, absolutely rolling, having a great time. That's when we launched the Harlem Shake video, <laughs> right? Duh. When we, I mean, everybody was we were, we were just rolling. Yeah. And so it was like the most fun time to be on an NBA team because we were good we knew we were good and we were feeling it. That you're doing a championship. That second year, San Antonio come in, you know, well-known champs, mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Y'all almost lose that year. Yeah. How was it coming off that year of playing San Antonio, a hard series like that, and then coming back the next year? Yeah, it was really hard. That was an unbelievable series. Level basketball that year with the Spurs was unbelievable. Crazy. You know, iconic moments with Ray Shot and Tony hits a game winner in game one, and, mm. and I hit six threes in game seven. Uh, so hey. like, like, but like coming back the next year, playing that same team, we didn't have the same edge. We knew yeah. it, but the Spurs did. So that, the edge I talked about, the heat head against yeah. Dallas. That was the Spurs. We, we felt year. it. We felt it. And so not that we weren't mad, but we're just like, they wanted it more. Tell me this. Like, I, I always say when people talk about that Ray Allen shot, like, to me, it's like, it's more than just like, oh, but like, tell me from a player standpoint being in that moment and going from watching the celebration about to start and then like literally truthfully in your heart thinking and believing that it's over to complete like you know like <laughs> ecstasy I, like t- explain that to me like how that because like I can't even imagine or fathom you the way, nice, the way your emotions go from like being so down and then like I want to ask like TP or Dude, one of them, like I'll, how it goes I'll, for them. I'll, I'll never forget from being it. like thinking you're gonna win. Like explain that to me. Seeing you the know. ropes going around, like I'm seeing this at home. We watching. I'm like, it's over. Like and then, like just what? You know, people I, left. I, I was in the game, so that I, was, too. I was still on the bench. And so I'm trying to be super positive. You know, come on, y'all, come on. Like you, you know how like right, you, you say, but like, like you don't really believe it. I'm like, come on, y'all, come on, come on. Like one stop. Come on, come on now. And 
I didn't look around too often, but obviously people were leaving the game and just you had that feeling of like finality. And I don't know if people were rationalizing, like, what are you going to say to the media after the game and, you know, making excuses and who's getting blamed, who's getting traded. But I think because we went through so much adversity, starting with Dallas the year before, you know, finally getting over the hump with the Thunder, we had a really strong team, strong culture, and we believed and, you know, it helps have the best player, you know, in the world, in, in the world on, uh, you know, in uniform. And so we came out of that huddle. You know, LeBron misses the first shot. We get the rebound. He makes the second one. It was deep. It was, it was, no one talks about that three, the one before Ray. But it was big. It was deep. We got a chance. We got a chance. And, and then when we came down, it happened so fast that it was hard to process. But I just remember being on the bench and missed the shot. CB got the board threw it out and you know like Ray is such a technician like people are just like how do you do it it's like it's Ray Al I'm like of course he can do it right <laughs> if you ever but, saw him shoot you're like we, we so Ray, like it wasn't like the best part was like Ray was like Ray said yeah. like we talked about how Ray That's embraced that Ray was like I shot this shot a million times that's what I'm saying he was like I've done he was like set my feet he was like that's I work on it every day yeah. I know how to get my feet set he was like everything was just boom 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 like hit him with the but when that ball left his hand, I'm like, it's good. I go, oh, shit. And that's all I can say. Like, what just happened? And so they miss a shot. Like, people forget. Like, they could have won. Oh, I missed one. Yeah. They missed, to send in the regulation. And, you know, at that point, you're like, we're team of destiny. Yeah. We can't lose this game. Yeah. And uh, played great in overtime and won. And uh, but we knew, like, San Antonio came back. And, like, that's a devastating loss. You're yeah. going from yellow ropes to game seven on the road. Crazy. Yeah. And they gave us everything they could, man. They were winning most of the game. And Let me ask you, tell us like the mental and the physical that you have to go to to go all the way to a finals three years in a row. Yeah. Well, you don't turn it on. You don't turn it on. You know, it starts like in the summer. You understand it's a journey, mm-hmm. right? And so when you have a really, really good team, a championship team, you know, you're not tripping over the small things. It's almost like a maturity to that team. And you know it's a long haul. Mm-hmm. And so you're not tripling. You lost three in a row, four in a row. All right, guys, let's. And so you just build that habit of like just resiliency. All right, let's do what we do. Because once you get in the playoffs, you're not someone new. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. The, work, the work's already been done, right? But you got to be the best version of yourself. And that's just a habit and understanding how long it is, not getting too high, not getting too low. But it's like, okay, there's going to be a time when we're tested. And we got to be ready for it. Tell me this, though. Like, tell me how much, because listening to all of that, I can only think about Spo. Talk about how, and I know his intensity, yeah, and yeah. His, you know what I'm saying? Like, talk about how his relentlessness and how much that impacted yeah. that, because he's relentless, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he don't care. Spo yeah. don't care. He don't care if you mad, if you mad, if the guy is mad. Spo don't give a fuck. Yeah. He got one thing yeah. is we trying to win. Yeah. I ain't got time for whoever feel however. I don't give a yeah. fuck, and he yeah. gon' so like talk yeah. about how much yeah. he impacted that tenacity and that yeah that outlook super, every day. Super intense, obviously. <laughs> I mean, super, I used to call super him vigor guy. No, vigor guy, you know. <laughs> everything is vigorous. But like Spo doesn't get enough credit for that group. That's a hard group. All right, that's, you you walk in, you walk in that locker room. You got Hall of Famers, you know, and even guys like Rashard Lewis, me, like we've we been mm, around. So we, yeah. we, we so you can't you can't BS us. All right. Yeah. If you if you don't come correct, we're gonna call you. And, and Spo, to his credit, was always prepared. He was always prepared, which is number one for a coach. Yep. 
if you're dealing with, with great players who, who have ideas, if you're not prepared, you're gone. Yeah. So, and he talked about mental stability, actually, ironically, mm -hmm. and having it and practicing it. Mm -hmm. And so he did a really, I mean, and now he's Eric, now he's Spo, now he's right. Coach But yeah. back then he wasn't Spo, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. he, he's Spo now, but yeah. He, yeah. You know, he was trying to figure it out Les too. Spolstra yeah, yeah, yeah. But I give him a lot of credit for dealing with the egos in the room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, but still staying true to his convictions. Yeah. And he's Hall of Famer now. Now that's the one thing I, I got mad respect for him for because that year that they lost, it was all type of, Rumors should Pat come back and this, that, and third. And to Pat credit, Pat had his back and held him yeah. down. And to Spoh's credit, like, I mean, anybody knows Spoh, he was never not a worker. Yeah. That's what he oh, was. Absolutely. He was going to put his damn head absolutely. down and work his ass off. Yeah. And that was what you couldn't do nothing but respect yeah. about it. When I look back at it, because, you know, my year there was like his second year as a coach. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was – and you could see, like, like you said, that wasn't – we've seen people – fold under that type of pressure yeah. with those type of players and yeah. those type of expectations yeah. and then you got big pat sitting in the big eye it was yeah. a that was a fucking lot to deal with and so to see him handle that and they you know i knew players that were here to hear about how things were being handled like stupid respect for sport yeah, no people forget so the year before our first championship we're down three two at boston game six mm -hmm. eastern conference finals so that's Big ticket went and, crazy and, and KG. So like we knew, we knew we lose that game. We all have new addresses next in year. Boston, yeah. You know there were there were articles in, you know, on the paper that day saying, okay, if the Heat lose, who's the first to go? So uh -huh. we knew, we knew. LeBron goes out and you know went crazy, goes ballistic, <laughs> come back, beat Boston game seven, tough game. That one, his we'll go on to win a championship. Joints. And so like people are like, oh yeah, of course the Heat are gonna win it. But like to be a true champion, you got to be pushed to like the absolute the edge. Yeah. And we did that two years in a row, Boston and San Antonio, and that's what makes it that much sweeter. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Duke fan, but uh, one, one that's okay. We, hey, this room on the other bandwagon. Come on, Demos. Like, what you doing right now? Uh, <laughs> so you're not the biggest Duke fan. No, I thought not, we weren't Duke fans. I'm not a Duke fan. I'm oh. not the biggest Duke fan. That's that means you are like, if you say you're not the biggest Duke fan, I mean you're still a fan though. I got guys that came to do like I like Kyrie, I like Corey McGee, I like a I lot like of guys. I like all those Duke, guys. Man. That don't mean I like Duke. I like Paolo still. I'm not the biggest Duke fan, but <laughs> that's a, a, yeah, okay. a, a that's big right. moment in basketball yeah. that was a dope moment I felt for Duke was the moment when he had all the former players come yeah. back to his last oh, game. How was yeah, that I experience? That too. Oh, man. If you let me dope. say my question, then it'll be all right. So, <laughs> how was that for you, man, <laughs> to experience that? Because it was dope to yeah. see. On the outside looking in and yeah. to see what you're a part of. Another question. What does it mean to be affiliated, a duker? Yeah. You know, to du you. Dookie. Call them dookies. Or a dookie. Yeah. See, I don't even know it. See, that's it. Look, we're in a room like this big, and you look around, and you see Grant Hill. You see Bobby Hurley. You see Jay Will. You yeah. see everyone who's done it. Done mm -hmm. it, done it. You know, when, you, when you're like a, remember like us growing up? You're like, man, like, I hope one day, like, yeah. I do it. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know what it takes until you actually do it. You know, now it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, it was, it was obvious. We could shoot and we're long and we're pretty good. But you just have an appreciation for all the people who do it at a high level, mm -hmm. right? Under the pressure, under the lights. And for me, going to Duke with the tradition, that's why I went to Duke. I wanted to do what Johnny Dawkins did. Mm. I wanted to do what Grant Hill did. Yeah. I wanted not only to uphold that tradition, I wanted to be the next person in that line. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then when Jason Tatum comes behind me, when Kyrie comes behind me, they see me as an old head now and say, I want, I want to be part of that. You know, that's, that's special, you know? And we all hope in athletics and in life that we're part of something that means something. That, yeah, you know what? I put the work in, I'm, I'm part of this fraternity. Yeah. And that's the cool part. That was crazy to witness and see, even though UNC yeah. won that game. I know that was, that was sad that for y'all. Was, that but, was tough. That's right. But to see all y'all on the court, all y'all come out and yeah. see them faces and see the group you with, you usually see that on the wall with yeah. all the names. Yeah. But to have everybody in the building. You'll never see it again. You'll never see something crazy. like, that, yeah, like that, that, was, that again. You'll never that see crazy. something like that again. And we, and we appreciate that moment. I was just looking back on your career, and, and you done won on every level that you can win on. It's only a few in the history of the game that they won on every level. Looking back on it, do you go through the memories of all the way from high school winning them championships to college and the NBA experience that you had in championships? You know, super grateful, first of all, to have amazing teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't win if you don't have great teams, right? Yeah. So I was always part of a great team. I like to think I was had a good role on those teams and mm-hmm. was a large part of those teams, but I had amazing teammates, amazing coaches to be on the journey with. And that's why we play, man. That's why we play, we play to win. How your trophy right? case look? Like you, nice. got, you, still got all your coaches, you, you still got all your trophies from like high school yeah, on I got, up? I got, some, I got some big ones. I, high school, I don't think makes the cut anymore, but you know. <laughs> no, because you know. know. That was a humble brag right you know, there, Mom's Mom's got them <laughs> back, in, back in Birmingham, Michigan. Yeah, you know? I know your you trophy know. case. I got, I got the real deal up there with me. My wife did a nice job of my trophy case. So I'm very proud of the collection, but you know, it's not about the trophies. Tell me this though like things like Kobe mentioning you in the book about your defending like you know making defensive teams like how much pride do you take in those things because like we play we know that like to win any kind of award in the NBA is a huge deal because this is the best period doing it in the world and be acknowledged that you were one of those best out of the best like that's a big deal and you did it multiple times and that's like your identity as a player, you known and revered is that like, how does how much pride that you taking it? Cause like you talk about it, you came in playing power forward, not yeah. being able to do it. So you kind of learned those yeah. things on the fly. So like, that's an accolade in itself to blossom into that when you yourself were unsure. Like, how do you look back at it from that standpoint? I'm super proud. I never, uh, this is a true story. I never saw any article I was in, blog, any picture and thought that was me. I thought it was like some other dude. Swear to you, it was always somebody else. And I was always scared. I had imposter syndrome. They're going to find out I can't play. <laughs> no, true. No, I, that was my fear. That they're going to find out I'm, I'm a fraud. Yeah. And like, they're going to take all this stuff away. And so I was like, I was, man, you talk about just work because you were scared. That was me. Yeah. And I never, th- I, I never thought I was that dude, ever, ever, ever. I don't know if that was... Where that came from, my, my parents were super humble people, and my mom always tell, used to tell me there's always someone better than you, and I, I respected that. So looking back at it now, and I'm a high school coach now, I coach my son, and you know, I just want him to know how good he is. Yeah. And give him the confidence that like my parents did that I never had. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just super grateful of my career, my run, and just every dream I ever had in this game 
came true. When did you fall in love with defense? When did like who taught you like yeah like oh defense is it? Yeah, like, I was because all the guys yeah. are shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got yeah. some of them guys that be on the court be like, nah, I want to guard First all the best players. First grade, I know mean, I was foot taller everybody else, so I blocked <laughs> everyone's shots. I was always a good shot blocker. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an underrated NBA shot blocker. I, when, I, when I retired, I was number hundred all time block shots. Oh, and no one ever think that. I'm an underrated shot blocker. For someone who's always said he was on too unathletic. Straight uh, up. No, look, man. I grew up in Birmingham, Michigan. I, I grew up mixed, tall, and poor. All right? I was the only kid in, in town that had a black dad, white mom. Mm-hmm. I had no role models. No one looked like me. No one could relate. I was super tall, foot tall than everybody else. They all thought that I you know, flunked a few grades. <laughs> all right? And I was poor. I didn't have anything. All mm-hmm. right? I had nothing. You know, I'm iron on patches in my jeans. And so <laughs> the only place that I ever felt at home was a recess. And when I helped my team win by blocking everyone's shot, my friends wanted me around. They didn't care I was mixed. They didn't care I was poor. They didn't care I was freakishly tall, yeah. right? And so like, I learned when I was in kindergarten, like, man, when I win, people like me. Yeah. Right. And so my entire life has been about, how do I make my team better? Yeah. And that's from just trying to fit in. My defense came from, I just want to fit in. I just want to be, I just want to be loved. Yeah. And it sounds One weird, but I'm like, it's do, true. I'm going to get out there and play hard. On yeah. Defense, yeah. Well. <laughs> Let me ask you this. You know, players get to the league and, um, you know, they, we signed with Jordan. Some guys signed with Adidas. Some guys signed. How did you get the Oak? Was the Oakley deal? Yep. How did with you get the, the weird Oakley jumps, deal? though? With the, when I saw yep. you in the magazine, that I said, was, man, you see Shane Betty so with was, the weird joints. You had the... Uh, I never thought I would wear Oakley shoes. It's not something you don't dream yeah. about, right? And uh, at the time, Nike wasn't really paying a lot of, of players. They won't you give know? Nobody out. So they say, Shane, we love you. We love you in the stable. We'll give you a, give you some merch. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. Like, that's me too. That's, merch, that's, yeah. Hey, man, that's great. Yeah. No, so that's, that's great. Yeah. And then my friends at Oakley said, we're thinking about launching a shoe. And We'll pay in American dollars. I said, "Well, I'm also a capitalist, so I, you know, as much as I love the uh, the Nike you gonna gear, get took them. Uh, I the, said, I can, you know, with this deal, I can buy Nike gear. That's even better. Yeah, so, but took the Chronicles of Riddick glasses so, and threw them look, on. If, if you know me, I'm, I'll try anything. Straight so, up. And so the, the shoes didn't make it, but it, it, but like I have my own shoe, and I was yeah. only wearing it. So like, I mean, that's fire, fire now. Man, look, you know, that's so, I mean, <laughs> and I wore that led me to go to China when I played for the Rockets, and I wore a Chinese basketball shoe. I was the first guy to wear peak. You see peak now if you guys mm-hmm. wear peak in the league. So I wore peak basketball shoes for ten years, mm-hmm. and I'm way more famous in China than I am in America. Tell just, them. Just, just, just by the raw numbers. So, yeah. like, I tell people, like, I have my own commercials in China. Thank you, yeah. I have yeah. my own shoe. Yes, yeah. and it, it, was cra- it was great. I loved it. And yeah, so, laid it out, um, I'm not afraid to go outside the box when it comes to... Straight up. If you had four other players out of all the teammates that you play with mm. to make a five... Oh, man. For y'all to go against... You keep anybody. me to the league, or you going with Duke, too? No, the league. Just league. Just the league. Teammates... That you play in their prime, in their prime, or when I play with them, in their prime. Okay, all the players in their prime. All right. Yeah, if you was on the team, you would be four other players, and I'm, you got to add yourself to the team. This is hard. I'm, I'm sure it's going to go viral when I say this. It's going to be LeBron, Yao, Pau Gasol, and I got to go D Way with T Mac off the bench. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's mm, hard. He got a that's tough hard. one too. Yeah, that's a tough. That's one. hard. Yao and oh, Yao and Pau. Four Hall of Famers. That's and a Hall of Famer off the bench. That's a lot. I'm rolling that squad against anybody, you know, against the monsters. We're going to have a All bracket right. now. There's been some contestants. Okay. Put that team up. Start, bench, trade. Okay. Gosh. 
Who do you start? Who do you bench? Who you trade? <laughs> okay. um, T Mac, KD, oh, Dominique Wilkins. Um, I got to start KD because he's like the third greatest player I had, I had a guard. Mad respect for KD. Bench T Mac just because KD's in the conversation, and I'll, I'll trade Neek. You'll trade Neek. Neek, could, <laughs> Neek didn't shoot it well enough to get a spot. You just said KD was the third. Yep. Who was the first two? The toughest I ever had to guard were Kobe, LeBron, KD. Okay. Kobe because he was, I was about to me- say mentally, why. mentally. I mean, like, like I caught LeBron before he could shoot. Like, he got to Miami and learned to shoot. Like, before, he just put his head down and just tried to run you over. Yes, so, like, yeah. if he got a step, it's over. He can't do nothing about it, right? Yeah. When he gets downhill and transition, he's the greatest transition player of all time, yes. right? So, I caught him before he really could shoot. So, I, you'd gap him, and yeah. you, you could bait him into those, mm-hmm. those, those long, you know, long Bron fadeaway yeah. jumpers, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think he's a much better shooter now. Uh, but, yeah. but Kobe, just mentally, I mean, just... When you play like in a conference for a long time, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like you see a guy four times a year, like you just know that you just know that dude. Trust yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Like guys, you play twice a year. It's like you know you see them and they're they're tough matchups, yeah, but I like know, I might not see you for the rest of the year. Exactly, <laughs> but like you know, I know when I'm going to LA. I know when I'm going to Denver to play Carmelo. Yeah. You know, I know when I'm going to you know OKC to play KD, and you see those guys, and you're gonna see them again, right? <laughs> So you can never get too high if you have a good game. If you get a bad game, like, man, I got to see this guy again. But Kobe just mentally was um, the best challenge I played against. And KD, like, I couldn't affect a shot. So even even with the, even, even, even with the, the hand in the face. Like, see. Once he gets to that spot and he raises up, you're at his a, waist. Yeah. And it's cheating. Yeah. I'm not telling you a story. I he, I, you're I at his waist, and I'm, he is unaffected. He don't, unless you're gonna literally hit him and foul him, he's so, unaffected. He, he he admitted that at least the hand in the face bothered him a little bit. So like I, that's a win for me. I'll take <laughs> that. All right, but he was still was a handful. I just love to give back. How was it for you to start the battle to take charge? Finally? Yeah, so. Very proud of the Batty Take Charge Foundation. We've been in existence for over a decade. We just passed the $3 million mark nice. in, in college scholarships um, and programming for kids in overlooked areas. All right? Mm, like, that's dope. It, look, I, I was very lucky to be 6'8", pretty skilled, and so I had opportunity through basketball. Yeah. All right? But I knew there were millions of kids out there who liked me. got the talent, the drive, the dog in them. Mm-hmm. They, just, they need a platform. They need some resources. resources. Need a chance. Just, just yeah. Need a chance. Give me a chance, and then I'll do the rest. So, yeah. uh, my wife and I, Heidi, started this foundation to find those kids and give them a college education, give them scholarships, and give them a platform. And uh, now we have PhD candidates, we have attorneys, we have medical professionals, That's dope. we have people that are changing the world. And so, Salute like I was, I was lucky. People took a chance on me and gave me opportunities. So, I think it's up to all of us to find young people and give them those same chances. You said you from humble beginnings and everything. Because I know you Duke, smart guy, take care of your cash. I don't know how this question is going to (laughs) go. But I don't want to hear... The question is not to say, like, yeah, I got Mom Duke's a house, so I took care of Mom and Pop. I want to know what Shane Battier did to treat himself. First big purchase, where it was like, whether it was a watch or it was a car... Not a house and nothing like that. My, my first purchase, uh, two, I bought Golden Tea, 
the video game. I never had a video game in my oh, house. Oh, actually, so, arcade. Yeah, like the okay. arcade game. So okay. that, was, that, was, that was like... That was I'm, big I back made then, it. especially yeah. back in the early 2000s. That was like, that was it big. Was. That was it like, was. you don't walk in with regular people. Now everybody got that type of like, back then, that was, that was dope. And I'm not a big car guy, but I'm from Detroit. And so the first car I ever got, I only had it for like two weeks before it died. And it was 1983 Lincoln Mark IV. Ooh. This thing was well, like... You went Venice. This, this thing was like... I don't know, probably 30 feet long, You man. invented something. And I put leopard print seats inside of it. <laughs> I had, I had. You was the ladies' man. Oh, man. You was Lehigh. It was. Memphis. <laughs> it, was, it was very Memphis. I used to roll this thing. Butter yellow. yellow. Butter, butter, butter yellow. Butter yellow. Oh. He was, he was that man. thing. I sold it, and I'm. it's the biggest mistake of my life. I want that car back. I, I loved it. You gave up the vintage? No, no power steering, so I'm sitting there. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, y'all. That is awesome. I can't believe that. The leopard seats is classic. You got a picture of that still? No, I I wish I did. Oh, yo, that is crazy. It's out there somewhere. I hope I'll probably scrap it somewhere, but yeah, it was. I can't believe that. (laughs) That is crazy. Reminded me of my pops. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, dog, we definitely appreciate the one and only Shane Battier pulling up yes, on us. Sir. That's been real. Knuckleheads out live on location, right, Black? Yes, sir. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune dot com.